0: Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time. Even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? It's the Friday, the greatest day of the entire week. Pat yourself on the back. You made it to the end, baby. That's what we're here for. Let's celebrate a little bit. And, boy, do we have a wild, crazy, intense hour of programming jam-packed in for you today. We're going to do our best to cover as many of the issues as we can. There's no way we can, but we'll do our best. Just touching the waters a little bit. Just the tease. The little bit of tease. We all love a little tease, don't we? Welcome into the program broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation Here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we love you to death. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Bottom of the hour, we have Dr. James Johnston on the program. He's a direct primary care practitioner, your home medical care, putting the family back into family practice. We'll chat with him at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the healthcare industry like I told you, this issue is not going away. I don't care. We're going to continue to talk about ways to make your health a priority and make you independent of that crazy wild health care system that is right now sucking the life out of everyone, putting you on so many medications, and just taking advantage of you day in and day out through the Obamacare system. We're going to fight back, baby. That's what we do so well on this program. So we have that coming up. Uh, we have a guest in just a moment. We'll get to in a second as well. We have the Biden news. We have the Trump news. And we have UFO news. All of my favorite things to talk about. And we'll try and get to as much of it as we can today. I have noticed that as the Joe Biden investigation ramps up, then we have the uh, Donald Trump Indictments that ramp up all at the same time to keep you distracted. The fight between the two, trying to keep you di- uh, confused on which side is actually the bad side, what side's the evil side, uh, as both of them continue to escalate. And we'll cover some of that here in just a little bit. But first, I'm excited to have on the program because it's been too long since we've had him on. It's been a couple of years uh, on the program, but he's a former U.S. Speaker of the House with his new book, "March to the Majority," also with his podcast called "Newt's World." And you know, I can't go without making the joke here, right? Wait. That needs to be the intro to his podcast. Newt's World! Newt's World! Excellent! So, uh, without further ado, with the latest book that he's got, which you can find online at Gingrich360.com with his book, March to the Majority. And you can find out how the Republican revolution happened with Newt Gingrich, uh, former U.S. Speaker of the House, and with his podcast, uh, Newt's World. Newt's World! Newt's World! Which you can find all at uh, Gingrich360.com. We sat down just a little bit ago to chat with the man himself, Mr. Newt Gingrich. Newt, how are you, my friend?
1: Well, listen, it's great to be back with you. And uh, I just am very excited by my new book, March the Majority. I think it's kind of a playbook for how conservatives can be effective both in winning but also then negotiating to get the right kind of breaks to get real genuine conservative reforms.
0: We desperately need it. I mean obviously the the biggest issue that we've seen over the last few weeks has been the debt ceiling discussion which I'd love to get your thoughts on here in just a minute but uh, the Republican Party in my opinion really since you've left and over the past few years and in the decade or so We've forgotten how to debate. We've forgotten how to negotiate. We've forgotten how to actually fight for some values. And it seems like we've compromised on way too much in Washington, D.C. And right now, we're in need of some leadership and some strength and a revolution within the Republican Party.
1: Well, look, I, I think you, you need a focus on big ideas and big principles. Uh, I very much favor going back to a balanced budget as a goal. We, As you know, uh, when I was Speaker, we balanced the budget for four straight years for the only time in your lifetime. And I think as a goal, balancing the budget forces you to be disciplined about spending, forces you to reform the government, and forces you to focus on economic growth and getting uh, jobs and prosperity, because that's the only way you get enough revenue to ever get to a balanced budget. So I think take two or three really big ideas would, in fact, get us back on the right track, and then you can build policies around those big ideas.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you think that we can actually do that? We can correct course here. We've never been in this position before. We're sitting at over 120% of the GDP that we're borrowing uh, at the federal level right now. Back in the day, we actually used to have a budget, 12 appropriation bills. We used to cap our spending at near 40% of the GDP. Now we're sitting over 120% of the GDP, and we're looking down a financially ruined nation. If we go down this course, is there a way to actually rein in government spending in a drastic level and get things back on track?
1: Yeah, you have you have to have people courageous enough to say no. I mean, look when when you have the California state unemployment system losing 20 billion, not million, 20 billion dollars to crooks, you know you have a government so incompetent, so wasteful, a bureaucratic bureaucracy so incapable of working in the modern world, that you can save trillions of dollars by modernizing the system. That's why when I hear some of my friends talk about the need to give the Pentagon even more money. My answer is no. Modernize the Pentagon. Get rid of the bureaucracy. Uh, you, you can, in an, in an $868 billion budget, you can easily find 20 or $30 billion in waste. And that should be our goal, is not to find ways to spend more money, but to find ways to modernize government. If we want to transparency and cost uh, and quality for health care, uh, Art Laffer, the economist, believes we would probably take out 2% of the the gross domestic product. I mean, that's trillions of dollars in Medicare, Medicaid, not by cutting them, but by simply giving the patient and and their family the ability to know how much it costs and what the quality is.
0: Sure. Let's talk about the Republican Party for a second, obviously, with your book and the Republican Revolution and the evolution that we've seen within the Republican Party. Obviously, you came in as Speaker after the Reagan era, after the Bush Sr. era and coming in during the, uh, the the Bill Clinton era in the 90s there. But the evolution of the Republicans, we went from a conservative of Ronald Reagan to a little bit more of a moderate of the Bushes, and then we kind of had this swing for a while with uh, Bush Jr., and then with Mitt Romney's candidacy and John McCain's candidacy, and then we went all the way to the drastic other side of Donald Trump. What's going on internally with the Republican Party, do you think, right now?
1: Well, I think there are two Republican parties, and I cover some of this in my new book, march for the majority uh, because I lived it. Uh, there's a uh, there's a Reagan, conservative, uh, change-oriented, reform-oriented party, and there I recommend everybody who's listening go to uh, YouTube and pull up Ronald Reagan's October 1964 speech for Barry Goldwater called A Time for Choosing. It's a, a remarkable historic speech. Uh, and those of us who believe in Reagan's values, for example. Reagan campaigned in 1965 for governor on welfare reform, on the idea that that work is the most important social policy. Uh, We passed it in 1996. Now, that's a 31-year project. Uh, When we passed it, millions went to work, incomes went up, uh, children did dramatically better. It was the best single program ever for taking children out of poverty. And, of course, the liberals hated it. I mean, liberals want dependency. They don't want the work ethic. They don't want you to be earning your own money and be independent. They want you to be dependent on the government. And so uh, we've had had a constant fight. But I found all the way through that there were two wings of the party. There was a sort of Bush-Romney wing, uh, which uh, believed in big government and believed in cutting deals with left-wing Democrats. Uh, And there was a Reagan wing, which believed in dramatically overhauling Washington, Returning power to the people, cutting taxes, and creating economic growth—they're—they're they're very different wings, and we've been going back and forth with, uh, you know, uh, with Trump in many ways being uh, a a Reagan uh, follower, lo- more much more than a traditional Republican, but creating a backlash among traditional Republicans because, uh, you know, they they thought that uh, you know George H W Bush raising taxes was just fine, and they thought that. George W. Bush uh, passing an education policy with Teddy Kennedy was just fine, whereas as a Reagan Republican, I thought both of those made no sense at all.
0: Yeah, that is very true. We're talking with Newt Gingrich. He is the former Speaker of the House, host of the podcast Newt's World, which you can find online at gingrich360.com. Also author of the new book, March to the Majority, The Real Story of the Republican Revolution. In, in your mind, Newt, the priorities of the Republican Party, uh, are they evolving and are they changing? Obviously, economic issues have always been at kind of the forefront and the foundation of many conservative values of limited government, but now we're seeing this wokeness. We're seeing the pride issue. We're seeing the identity politics come out. Are social issues coming back to the forefront, and are they or should they be a priority for the Republican Party to focus on right now, do you think?
1: Well, when, when you're told that, that 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 Moms for Liberty – is a hate group. Uh, you know, you know there's something sick when when you read the Durham report, which says that the FBI was breaking the law and lying to try to get Donald Trump. You know there's something wrong uh, when you learn that uh, there are people out there who believe that the six-year-olds uh, should be encouraged to think of themselves as, in transgender terms while not telling their parents. I mean, you can't avoid issues like this. Uh, But I think that that matched with them, you have to be for a strong national defense, because China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia are real threats. And matched up with them, you've got to be for dramatic economic growth, to put people back to work, to create better jobs, and frankly, to create the the economic uh, growth that allows us to sustain Social Security and Medicare and allows us to sustain a defense system.
0: Yeah. That is very true. On the other side of the coin, uh, your years in politics, watching what's going on in Washington, D.C., watching both parties evolve or devolve to some degree. Did you ever think the Democrat Party would be as extreme and left and radical as what we're seeing right now? Obviously, we thought Bill Clinton was radical back in the day, but he's nothing. He's a lightweight compared to what we're seeing between Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders. We've taken radical socialism to another level in the country, haven't we?
1: Well, we have, although uh, Theodore White in his book on the making of the president in 1972 had the comment that George McGovern was trapped because the liberal ideology had become a liberal theology. And we we often forget, you know, you had 2,500 bombings in the late 60s. You had the Black Panthers openly saying they were waging a campaign of assassinating people. You had all sorts of challenges out there. That uh, we we tend to not remember, Uh, and there was a lot. And then the radicalism was sort of drowned by the public, but what it did was it went to ground in the universities, and it metastasized. It became sicker and sicker and sicker. When when I look at this group of of sexual weirdos who dress up as nuns and attack nuns uh, and are deeply bitterly anti-Catholic, and I look at the Dodgers organization saying it's going to have a night to honor them. I mean, in my, in my mind, maybe I'm old-fashioned. I think that's sick. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not political. It's just sick.
0: Yeah, they, they uh, try to go out of their way to really uh, just make a scene and try and make a statement, which I'm not sure exactly what that statement is at times, but you're right, it's sick because there's no point to it.
1: Well, they're, they're, their point is that they hate us. Hmm. Uh, I mean, if you, if you believe in God and you believe in a normal life and you believe uh, that people should follow some rules, then they hate you because that violates their, their sense of self identity. But look, uh, I think we also have to go back to some basic language. I mean, what the Russians just did in blowing up that dam is evil. Yeah. I mean, it's just not just bad; it's evil. It it was a deliberate act uh, against all the rules of war. It, uh, it it threatens the lives of thousands and thousands of civilians. Uh, it it, it, just, it destroys the environment. Uh, And we have to recognize that with Putin, you're now dealing with an evil regime, which has lost any sense of responsibility and and is uh, something which I think is is, is horrifying as a historian to watch this level of behavior.
0: There it is. That's Newt Gingrich, former U.S. Speaker of the House and host of the podcast newt's world newt's world we appreciate him very much we'll get him on the show again soon with his new book march to the majority you can find online at his website at gingerts360.com this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier Fighting for freedom every day. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour here on a Friday, making it to the end of the week. That's good news for most. And there is a lot to talk about here on the program. First off, thanks again to New Gingrich coming on the program with his latest book, March to the Majority. You can find him again online at gingrich360.com. And we'll get him on the show again very soon. All right, with the state of the Republican and Democrat Party, have you noticed the escalation between the Democrats and the Republicans? The problem is one side is legitimate. The other side is just being exacerbated because they don't want the other side that is legitimate to actually be known publicly. We see the ramping up of the Biden investigation. And uh, just like the dummies that they are, you can I, I remember we always get told as kids, That the truth always comes out in the end. Don't you lie. Remember your parents or your grandparents? Don't you lie because the truth always comes out in the end. Well, that's what's happening right now. And the Biden family has left a breadcrumb trail of all of the corruption and the shenanigans that they have done very poorly. And now it's coming out to the public. The question is, will we ever see some repercussions from it? Will we ever see some uh, indictments from it in any way, shape, or form? I don't know. I'm hoping so. But in the mass great awakening in society right now, all of the shenanigans of the deep state or the behind the closed doors or the establishment or the elitists or the Illuminati, whatever people try to call this thing, is coming out to light. And I think that is the ripple effect. Remember, you drop the stone in the pond and you see the ripples just. Trail on forever. It's the ripple effect of the Donald Trump era as he went in, overturned the tables, and exposed everything. And while they wanted to get back to normal operations of let us handle things, we'll just let you know a little bit of what we're doing just to keep you enticed, but you don't know 90% of actually what's going on. While they try to push that agenda, it's not working any longer for them. It's not. In fact, Marjorie Taylor Greene's been out there talking a lot, and uh, now Congresswoman Lauren Boebert from Colorado has made a comment on the latest investigations out of the committee for those listening online i don't know if you'll be able to hear this but this is what she had to say earlier today
2: what's going on in the oversight and accountability committee and it ain't good for the biden's i just viewed the unclassified fd-1023 record in a skiff proving that joe biden was involved in a five million dollar bribery scheme to sell out the american people thanks a lot big guy this document memorialized the testimony of a trustworthy whistleblower who worked for the FBI for over a decade. This document corroborates the testimony of a foreign national who claimed to have bribed then-Vice President Joe Biden. Christopher Ray has refused to comply with our subpoena and released these unclassified documents to the American people to view for yourselves. Instead, he has only allowed members of the committee to view the records in a skiff where the documents were even redacted. Let me tell you, the other side of the aisle would never allow this to stand. Last Congress, we saw Nancy Pelosi abuse her power as Speaker of the House to establish the sham January 6th Unselect Committee to play political games. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Peter, Peter Navarro, Dan Scavino, and even Steve Bannon were all unjustly held in contempt of Congress.
0: So- all right, so it goes on there. You can find that entire video on her Instagram at Rep. Bobert, and you can find that entire thing. But uh, while the documents are coming out, the proof is in the pudding here where we see actual legitimate like corruption of what they've done, uh, working with... Ukraine, working with the Russians, working with the Chinese, doing all these deals, trying to get Hunter Biden involved in this stuff, all the collusion that was happening from the Clintons and from the Bidens, all of it's being exposed right now. And what do we hear on the headlines with the news everywhere on every mainstream site? Is Donald Trump being charged with these 37 counts of declassified document case? It's not going to go anywhere. We know it's not going to go anywhere. But while we ramp up the investigation with things actually coming out, they have to ramp up the clutter. The cloud, the messiness, the static, the interference to where you don't know what to pay attention to. You're confused, you're bogged down, you're frustrated, and they want you to put the blinders on and say, I can't take it anymore. The mudslinging back and forth, I'm just turning it off completely. Because when they turn it off completely, they're not losing anything. But you're losing out because you don't know what's really going on. So I encourage you. While it's frustrating, stay tuned. Lots more to come here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason
1: with Andy Hoosier.
3: When Reason Meets Radio.
0: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Golly, halfway through the program already. What a show it's been! Newt Gingrich, we had at the top of the hour. By the way, just a programming note for you, you are not gonna want to miss on Monday's show. To kick off a brand new week, we have news that I have been I've been itching like for the last month, at least the last couple of weeks, been itching to announce. And if you get our newsletter, then you already know, because I put it in the newsletter this month. But I have not said anything else publicly, but yet it will be on Monday on the program. And let me tell you, it is what they say. And I think we're going to make it big league. (laughs) So be prepared as we have some cool stuff coming up on the program. Great guests, great content, and some other big news coming up here relatively soon as well. Hey, uh, also, happy Friday to you. Great to have you along. So we have the escalation of the investigations, and I say that in air quotes right now, the Republicans going after Joe Biden and really seeing what's really going on based on actual documentation. And we have the Democrats trying to muddle up the uh, news outlets and muddle up the information coming to you by escalating the indictments on Donald Trump. Then you have on top of that another even wild one that I've been dying to talk about lately. Weird news of the day. We're not. No, 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 we're not going to do it right now. But they're escalating some of those conversations as well. Why? Uh, because of the distraction, but that doesn't make what they're saying illegitimate. So we'll get to that a little bit later as well. Alright, now let's get into what's trending. What's trending today? Talking about muddling up industries, that's what government does best, really, is the healthcare industry. And I've told you before, we are not going to let this go. After the COVID pandemic, I think the quote-unquote great awakening has begun for many that said, wait a second, uh, what, you're forcing me to wear wear a mask? What's going on here? You're forcing me to get a vaccine to see family members or to actually just go to work or to go to... A, a place of prayer and worship or to go just in public in general. What? Wait, wait a second. What? And we realized just how little control we had over our body and our own health. And we're not going to let that up because we can never let that happen again. While the other side said they're looking for the quote unquote great awakening, Uh, It's time for the great reset is what they want. We're in our great awakening on our end, not woke, but we are awakening because we recognize now what's going on, how much control that they've had, how much control we've given up and how much we can start taking back on ourselves based on the healthcare industry and Obamacare and the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance industry and everything that falls under. So how can we continue to make ourselves healthy and have a little bit more independence on the control of our health to talk about some of that and so much more. Happy to have on the program. He is the owner of Your Home Medical Care, which you can find online at Your Home Medical Care, as well It's Dr. James Johnston with us. James, how are you, my friend?
3: Um, so thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you on the program. What an industry. When when Obama took over a sixth of the economy by forcing in Obamacare, and we see this massive change in the healthcare industry in the United States, uh, and then we saw the COVID pandemic over the last few years. I have to admit, I was one of those myself where we realized, wow, we have so little control over our own health. I think some people are starting to wake up and starting to take some of that back, don't you think?
3: Yeah, the federal government has ravaged healthcare and the physician-patient relationship in this country, and it's sad. But it's nice to see practices like mine opening up that prioritizes it, that respects vaccine choice and Home birthing and patients and non-FDA approved remedies for their medical problems. Um, I'm excited about the transition and I hope I hope uh, the public catches.
0: I like what you said with a couple of those with home birthings and and being able to do things at home because you don't hear about that much anymore. There were a couple clinics here across Kansas where uh, you could go and it was almost like a little uh, bedroom where like you would find at your home and they would actually let you give birth in one of those facilities. And those are really nice. They're starting to close up because obviously the government's trying to shut those down. But that's a concept I think many people have forgotten about. We're so used to just running to the hospital when something like that's happening.
3: Most of the world today, babies are born at home. And and throughout human history, babies are born at home. And the idea that pregnancy is illness and we've got to take care of it in a hospital is not something natural or historically uh, sane. It's crazy. North Carolina, where I live, one of the only states in the nation that actually criminalizes home birth. and that's just because OBGYNs give to their give to the, their um, representatives more than midwives do. Obviously, a lot more money than midwives do. And it's a turf war. And so they penalize it. It's sad, but it's still a fact that home is the safest place to have a uh, healthy labor and delivery. And the hospital is, it's a flip of the coin, whether you get C-section nowadays. And nothing increases the risk to mom and baby more than C-sections.
0: Mm. That is very true. Let's talk about COVID for a second and the vaccine. I have not gotten my vaccine. I'm 34. I refuse to get it. I won't get it. I have no intention of getting it in any way, shape, or form. uh, Just because of the fact that I'm not in the demographics, for the most part, of the high-risk COVID patients, which we found out, even though some in the healthcare industry, or I would say the political healthcare industry, say that we all need this vaccine, we found out very easily that those that are most affected by COVID, and correct me if I'm wrong, doctor, is the elderly, those that are immune compromised, and those that have obesity and have lung issues because of the obesity, where those demographics predominantly got hit worse by the pandemic, but yet the doctors, the political doctors, the heads of health departments across states and the nation said that we all need to get a vaccine because it would prevent us from getting the virus and it would prevent us from spreading the virus, which Again, doctor, mm-hmm. being the Good expert, life. I'm pretty sure that that's not the way that vaccines work.
3: You know, most doctors like me, through the most of my career, we just trust the guys, you know, <laughs> the, in charge of the CDC and the FDA. They're just smarter doctors than us. They look at all the data, and they have the motive, the well-being of the public. And COVID has been eye-opening because we now, doctors who are, who are willing to question their authority and question their findings and their conclusions are realizing that they're just lying. It's not scientific. It's not compatible with their science. The mandates have nothing to do with science. COVID does not, the COVID vaccine does not prevent COVID. The COVID vaccine is not protective and it is the riskiest vaccine ever given. It, there's more deaths according to government's vaccine adverse events reporting system. There's more deaths from Um, these COVID vaccines, then all the deaths from all the vaccines combined going back 40 years. It's almost unbelievable that they have not pulled this vaccine from the market.
0: Wow. The question is why? Why haven't they? And why do they still, even today, continue to encourage people to get the boosters and get these shots when they know this information? Is it because the population is just looking for something to feel safe because, well, the government did something to protect us? Or is there a motive behind this?
3: Uh, speculating why is is scary because you begin to you begin to sound like a conspiracy theorist <laughs> when you speculate because it makes no sense.
1: Yeah.
3: There's no scientific sense. I'm a physician committed to science. I'm not anti-vaccine, and I have a problem with mandating a vaccine in children that is thousands of times more risky than beneficial. You know, the argument early on was, you know, we vaccinate the kids not because the kids are going to die from COVID. But because their grandma will, and and they're going to get COVID from the kids. Yeah. But now most of the country has been vaccinated. Most of the countries had COVID. Um, general immunity is always known to be more effective to preventing the illness than the vaccine. And yet, there you know, just a cursory internet search. There's at least 25 children that have died from this vaccine. Zero kids have died from COVID. Right. So this isn't just a benign vaccine that might protect mom. First of all, it might protect grandma from, from dying from COVID. It doesn't offer the protection. That's well known now. If almost everybody with the COVID vaccine has also got COVID. And that's why they keep mandating. Of course, their remedy is more of the disease. They, they want to mandate more boosters yeah. because the first several didn't work. You know, uh, United Kingdom admitted recently – um, their their uh, their medical think tank admitted recently, 92 percent of all deaths in 2022 were in triple vaccinated people. <laughs> the vaccine does not protect and the vaccine is dangerous. So I don't know why I don't know why they are not committed to the science, why they have an agenda that includes mandating Dangerous vaccines that are not protective. I can understand a dangerous vaccine if it was a bubonic plague and people were keeling over and the vaccine actually worked. Right. And we're putting bodies down by the curb. You know, we all would be like, hey, it's a dangerous vaccine, but it's less dangerous than the illness. But no one can say that now about COVID.
0: It's and a strange
3: world. It rule. is mind-boggling. It's perplexing.
0: Yeah, it's a very strange world. We're talking with Dr. James Johnston, which you can find online at yourhomemedicalcare.com. You can also find the Facebook page as well uh, with this. And we got just about a minute before we have to take our hard break here. But my my theory, put on the tinfoil hat for just a second here, is we <laughs> is as you do the direct primary care, which I love this, and we've talked about it so many times on the program before, is kind of the Uh, An option, another option outside of just needing to get your health insurance is that whether it's big pharma, whether it's the insurance company, somebody's making a buttload of money from this, regardless of whatever side effects may or may not come out of it, which is why they're just disregarding it uh, from the government level to approve it or not approve it, which real quickly in about 30 seconds, have they actually deemed it as a vaccine or is it still a quote-unquote experimental drug?
3: Well, FDA has approved it recently, but um, they did so on very shoddy evidence. And so the FDA's word means nothing anymore. You yep. know, it uh, it really means nothing. Iver, their, their, uh, their war on ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine boggles the mind. I've treated over 3,000 patients with acute COVID and long COVID in the last two years. And it is, it is the penicillin of the COVID virus. And their war and their deceptive campaign against that makes no sense to me. The evidence is is very powerful in favor of ivermectin
0: and hydroxychloroquine yeah it's strange well by the way just mentioning hydroxychloroquine ivermectin and now covid uh we're probably banned off of youtube so there's that as well <laughs> so uh, let's take <laughs> this a break here it's real- very effective exactly let's take a break here real quick when we come back i want to continue this move forward talking about some of the alternatives on what we can do with your health care with dr james johnson right around the corner here on a friday on the voice of reason
1: this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier Fighting
0: for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, by far the fastest hour of radio on, well, radio. Welcome back into the program. Multiple radio stations all over the place. TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We always love you to death and appreciate you very much. We are definitely having this guest back on the program. I'm loving the conversation, and it is going by way too fast. We're going to have to just have him on again soon. It is Dr. James Johnston, which you can find online with his website at yourhomeatmedicalcare.com. Also find it on Facebook as well. James, let's talk about alternatives from the mainstream going to the doctor to get a pill. I know that the average American pops like six pharmaceutical pills a day uh, is how much that we're on for whatever ailments because we have one issue and then that leads to a side effect that we get a second pill for and so on and so forth. Uh, Shameless plug on this one. My wife has uh, gotten her herbalism degree and has become an herbalist and helping people Mm -hmm. through uh, different actual teas and uh intentions and, and different plants and herbs and how to use these certain things uh shameless plug on that with who's your health that we're kicking off and more information on that soon but why don't we have oh, in in America why don't we focus more on those I know doctors in the UK it's almost mandatory for them as part of their medical degree to have a degree in herbalism why isn't it so popular here
3: I, you know I'm'm I'm I don't know why either you know as a physician you just you- you prescribe what you learn, and you learn, you know, how medicines work, treat various diseases, how to diagnose, prognose, and treat. But when you realize that forty percent of the money spent on healthcare is on alternative medicine, why aren't physicians taking um, taking advantage of that and, and getting that education? I think one of the reasons is is um, most doctors now are just employees. Mm. They're just rule following, mandate insisting employees the two largest medical conglomerates in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where I practice medicine, going and seeing people in their homes, both of them have mandated the vaccine. Their doctors have no choice. And the independent physician is penalized because he he can't, as an independent doctor, he can't fight for better rates. You know, the big medical conglomerate can come together to Blue Cross, for example, and say you're going to pay us 140% of Medicare, you're going to lose all these doctors in this area, and and uh, those insurance companies have to um, have to comply. Or they're going to lose a large percentage of the doctors in that area because there's such a big conglomerate. Whereas the independent doctor is just one doctor. If Medicare, if Blue Cross says I'm going to pay you 95% of what Medicare pays, we can't fight it because we don't have any clout. Yeah. And so independent doctors are penalized in the traditional system um, Whereas if you go direct primary care, patients are paying a certain amount of month for you to see for, for basically everything that you can do as a doctor, you don't charge per visit you just charge they pay a membership fee and then you do whatever they need that you have the skills for. And so there is a benefit to being able to learn herbology, and understand how homeopathy works and, you know, being able to, I do surgeries in the home. I do orthopedic injections in the home. I don't charge anything extra for all of my services. They just sign up and make an appointment online, and I go see them in their home. Now, direct primary care doesn't always go to their home, but I found it very beneficial because the patients appreciate it, especially post-COVID. They don't want to go wait in a germ-filled waiting room, right, to be seen by their doctor. They rather have the doctor come see them. Yeah. And so I keep the cost down. There's no big overhead. There's no massive staff. People go online, sign up, make an appointment, and I go to their home. And, uh, you know, that provides an incentive to me to learn functional medicine and learn herbology and be able to promote and recommend supplements that at least the FLCCC, the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, really showed that these supplements are life saving. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm a fan of, of getting good supplements and being able to treat with supplements and deal with lifestyle changes um, because my cohort, my target audience, they love a doctor like that.
0: It's amazing. It, there are so many opportunities for individuals. I mean, I was, uh, I got in an argument with our health department uh, secretary here in the state of Kansas uh, during the COVID pandemic while they pushed the vaccines, reminding them, hey, maybe you should mention that 80% of the population's D3 deficient in their vitamins. And D3, oh, by the way, is a vitamin that helps boost your immune system, specifically for the lungs and battles issues like pneumonia and other issues like that. Might be a yeah. little convenient and during. It, yeah, it might be a little convenient during this time doctor we're out of time my friend i could talk to you for hours we got to get you back on the show again here soon let's do that soon what do you say Oh uh, that
3: sounds great your whole com. keep in touch my friend
0: hey Appreciate absolutely you, we will do it again soon it's dr james johnston there your check out the website check out his youtube channel as a filmmaker author constitutionalist a lot of great content we'll do that again here soon until then have a great weekend we're back at again on monday some cool stuff coming up next week Make sure to stay tuned in for it. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.